0: So this potential is also if you if you focus so much on that potential that's out there, over there in the future, there is some subconscious element that's saying the now is not enough. And energetically that you're not you're not in your full vibration and, and radiance there because it's like you're you're hanging on to that that future element.
1: Welcome to Enoughness. This is Lisa Carmen Wang, U.S. national champion and Hall of Fame gymnast turned serial entrepreneur. This is a show that dives into the deeply personal stories of top business leaders, entrepreneurs, artists, and athletes who share the defining inflection points that help them embrace their life's purpose and answer the question, how much is good enough? Six years ago, I arrived in New York City with the dreams that so many of us have when we arrive and seek something more. More opportunities, more excitement, more wealth, more fame. Things in New York move fast. You walk fast, you talk fast, you work through people fast. Friends, colleagues, dates. You have no tolerance for bullshit because literally you don't have time for it. We make money to save time, to make money to save time, but somehow in making more money, we find that we actually lost all of our time, chasing the next thing, the next moment simply because the moment right now was never enough. We carry our job titles, awards, and exclusive invites proudly. External validation that we aren't faking it, that we are, in fact, making it. Finally, making it in a world where there's someone always better, faster, smarter than we are. In New York, you either make it or you get eaten alive. And so determined not to fall prey to the latter, I continued chasing alongside everyone else. I got into the right groups, the right parties. I learned to say the right words, to wear the right clothes. And still, it wasn't enough. At some point, I wanted to know, if not more, then what else? In today's Enoughness interview, this is the question that we'll seek to answer. It's so easy to get caught up in the rat race, to do what everyone else is doing, but what if your purpose isn't to gain something more, but to embody what's already presently inside of you? How do you find the most authentic version of yourself? How do you slow down and reconnect with your body? How do you break free of societal expectations and labels? These are just a few of the powerful questions we'll explore today. Today, I'm here with Shalini Serena Bahad. She is a mindset coach, a kundalini yoga teacher, and the founder of Women in Tech. So Shalini and I met for the first time when we were both starting our entrepreneurial journeys, venturing into the world of tech in Silicon Valley. um, And I knew Shalini as Serena. So Shalini has gone on this incredible journey since then, and I'm excited to welcome you here today. And I want you to just tell everyone what that transformation was from Serena to Shalini. You know, what happened to your identity? How did you find your truth?
0: Yeah, sure. Thank you for having me here, Lisa. It's so exciting to reconnect after these years and just to put that memory back in focus of us meeting in new york that feels like a lifetime ago i've evolved massively since then as i'm sure you have as well and when we met then i was working deep in the tech space i was living in san francisco before that and i was producing hackathons coding competitions and going to tech conferences every other weekend and i was going by serena because i moved from england to america when i was 11 and i moved 2 months after 911 so my first name shalini and since i moved to miami florida with the hispanic accent a lot of people would pronounce it chelani or shalini and and it just made me feel like more of an other and my brother and I would get bullied quite a bit in school of go back to your country, you terrorists, these kinds of things. So from the age of 11, I wanted nothing to do with my culture, my background, because it didn't feel safe to own that. And I felt Serena is still my name. I love it. It's my middle name. It's more universal. It can sit in uh, and it can be said in all types of you know, backgrounds. And so I decided to go by Serena. And then as yoga and meditation started becoming a real focus point of how I live my day to day, I got really drawn to Kundalini yoga. So there's the power yoga and and the the Bikram and the Vinyasa and the more body focused classes, which is wonderful. However, we are more than the body. We are more than the mind. We're energy. And what I was really drawn to about Kundalini is it really focuses on the energetics. You work with mantra, movement, and breath work, and you're working with the energy at the base of your spine and activating your chakras and really clearing your vessel as the energy channel it can be. So you can be more sensitive and aware and intuitive and and present. And as I entered these Kundalini spaces, I more often than not would go into studios and ironically be the only Indian woman in, in the rooms. However, the curiosity and the interest sparked me more than the, hmm, this feels off. So I, I leaned into it and I just land. And I would meet women who were white-bodied women guiding these classes, who were introducing themselves with Indian names or spiritual names that they had taken on. And they were pronouncing all these intonations wonderfully. So that was where this space came up of, let me own my first name again, Shalini. These are spaces where people will be able to just spend the presence and attention to pronounce it correctly and be with me with that and where I can feel safe bringing all of myself here. Interestingly, though, I started going by Shalini just a few years ago. So it's been easily over 11, 12 years that my adult, most of my adult life, my professional years in tech in particular, that people have known me as Serena. So I still have people who call me Serena. Some people call me Shalini. And that in and of itself has been a beautiful practice of unattachment i 'm more than my name mm. and i 'm more than this label of oh she works in tech oh she 's a yoga teacher now oh she 's we're many things we 're multifaceted This concept of name and identity
1: is really, really interesting, um, I think especially for people who have multiple cultures right because yeah. these names can you know as you 've already shared can invoke different reactions from people, especially if they perceive it as something different from them and can make us feel like outsiders. So I just want to dig in a little bit more into your mindset transformation from back then because one of the things we both know is that being in tech, being in the hustle you know, of Silicon Valley and um, just modern, modern life, it's like this nonstop, uphill battle, constant achievement. Like when is it ever enough, literally? And so can you tell me about just your journey, what it was like then and your transition essentially out of it into a a much more mindful and embodied space?
0: For sure. So when I moved from England to America, my parents had an arranged marriage. My mom's family is in Singapore. Dad was born in India. They were married in England. And that's where my brother and I were born. And when I moved to America, I, because of my schooling in England, I was bumped up a few grades. So I started school two to three years younger than my peers. And I moved over to America because my father had remarried. And my former stepmother, she was 23 when she became my stepmother and she was also bipolar so living under her home was not the easiest thing as a as a teenager and just being bullied in the home and just all, all types of all all types of experiences and when i was in high school i went to a catholic high school in in miami actually and i sang in the church choir so even though i wasn't baptized i'm really grateful that i had that environment because that all of a sudden was the first time mantra was brought into my life. Just being in the vibration of devotion, of prayer, of praise, of of love, and and harmony. And because of that, I had a lot of girlfriends and friendships where, and also teachers where, even though the home environment for me wasn't necessarily the most harmonious at that point, I was seeing in my frame that my best friend's parents had a beautiful marriage and they had a very lovely family dynamic. So because I saw that, I put my focus on that and said to myself as a, as a young 11, 12 year old at the time that because I'm seeing this, I choose this to be my frame of reference of what is true and what is possible and what it's, it's in my field. So it exists. So let me bring my attention here. And so when I was in high school, I worked really hard and got many scholarships for university. I had five scholarships going into university and I was 16. And my father got a job opportunity at the time to move to Seattle, Washington. And the whole family, my former stepmom, my brother, and my little sister, my dad, moved over to Seattle. They were going to take me with them. However, I had enough scholarships to cover my housing on campus, my books and such. And I worked hard because I, I just didn't want to live under that kind of a roof anymore. And so when I garnered this independence and said, I'm going to stay here in Miami, that took a lot of control from my former stepmother that she really enjoyed. And so I was cut off from from the family completely. I wasn't spending Thanksgivings or Christmases together. And, and that was a massive gap for the sibling relationship I I have with my brother. And so I just worked really hard from those days from keeping up my scholarships. I had three jobs and I was interning every summer. And there was an element of, even though I was working hard, there was an energy of survival behind it. I had to, I had to. And that stuck with me when I moved into tech, where I feel like you meet people where it's like, okay, I live in this neighborhood. And now, I mean, that's New York also. You want to live in this better neighborhood. You want to have, um, you know, this this kind of new purse or whatever, that that kind of material, external validation points. And because I started you. University so young, and there was this element of taking care of myself, just very survival elements. there was this mindset of when I make it, it's going to look like this i'm going to be earning this kind of a salary i'll be have this kind of freedom in my life. and so when I moved to San Francisco, you meet people where it's so normal to put in absurd hours at the at, at these offices and since I was in this community building space, going to hackathons, uh, conferences, etc., and also visiting a lot of tech companies and seeing how they've set up their offices and such. They build it in a way where they want you to stay there. You, you can easily spend your whole day there. There's a gym there. They'll do your laundry for you. There's a game room. There's kegs. You can you just stay there. And that is so normalized. I mean, I was producing these hackathons and I was working all the time, Monday through Friday I was locking in our sponsors I was getting our our judges for our events and then on the weekends I was MCing these events which I loved I was in my early 20s running on pure adrenaline met incredible people and I regret absolutely nothing super grateful for that experience however it was not balanced I was not eating well I'm certainly not sleeping well and that a lot of those memories I have from the like gatherings within the tech community, there was alcohol everywhere and sometimes there were drugs everywhere. And the messaging of, you know, you'd go to these tech parties and there's women that are scantily clad, like passing out whatever shots or like a flyer about what this new product is when you go to these, these kinds of conferences all over. And then I moved to New York because I was craving deep diversity. And in San Francisco, I felt like my fullest expression wasn't able to be held there. Admittedly, I felt that a lot of these, I just wasn't seeing many faces like mine. I wasn't seeing women, let alone women of color. And coming from England, being Indian, living in Miami, where I have that Latin imprint as well. New York was really exciting in the sense that I'm hearing different languages again. I'm meeting people from Me working in all types of uh, industries. And so I moved to New York and I was working at the world's first coding school, Dev Bootcamp. And now there's tens of thousands of alternate ways in which you can get into the tech space. I love that these coding schools and online programs that you can find, and you don't even need a program now. We live in a time where if you want to learn something, you can just Google it. You can find a course, find a mentor and it's the information era, We have that available to us. And what was really powerful about Dev Bootcamp is beyond just being a coding school, they really cared about the inner world of everybody that was going through the program. Imagine people are coming from all types of previous careers, teachers, bartenders, nurses. They've never said out loud before, I'm a software developer. I, I, I've written this I've built this app, I've built this site. And then after three months, they, they do intense 12 hour days, they're, they're learning full on, and they graduate the program and can absolutely get an incredible job as a software engineer. And in a city like New York, where there's so much competition, There was a lot of imposter syndrome that would come up with the folks that were going through the program. So, my role I was getting our graduates' jobs. I was working with companies that were hiring from our boot camp. And also, I was doing a lot of internal training with our graduates to get them confident and owning their new skill set and who they be. And so, that was coaching. That was where coaching wove into. The work that I do, however, there there at that point it was more career coaching. So beyond just okay, your resume looks good, more so when you enter a space and you're talking about your passion and what lights you up and and why you built this and and all of that, it was it was a lot of that work. And what I loved about Dev Bootcamp is they had a licensed therapist per office for the all the students, the alumni who may be navigating imposter syndrome or just nervousness of entering this new space, and also for the staff. And so for me, that was the first time that I had gone consistently to therapy. And I really processed a lot of old things that I had navigated in my childhood and in my teenage years, which I had boxed away. And I had instead looked at beautiful things fold with love. However, I hadn't processed that. Mm. I, I'm glad that th- those elements didn't take me in another direction and it's important to move those through. So I was seeing a therapist regularly and I also was given the space to really give my mental health the attention that is is so important for us to give. Mm. So there was meditation that was offered at the coding school a few times a week. They covered our gym membership 100%. So it was totally normal for me to come into the office. And then at lunch, I would head to a gym class and come back. And it was that was so normalized, which was lovely. Versus from the scrappy startup days when I was in San Francisco, it's like full on. You are just you're there at the office, you're locking in what you need to lock in. And then you are networking and building community and inviting people to these events and getting sponsors and all of that. Yeah. And so this was the first time in New York. So Dev Bootcamp got bought out by Kaplan being the test prep school because they Kaplan wanted to see what's going on in this whole tech space. Like, Less and less people are going to grad school these days because we can take our learning path into our own hands. And so with that acquisition, I had really great health insurance all of a sudden. And I was making a six-figure salary. And this, the memory of what that early 16-year-old, 17-year-old me of, oh my gosh, I have to keep up these five scholarships. Oh gosh, I have to find another job. How can I also save money here? All of that. When I was living in New York and I had my own place, I was making great money. I had this freedom and space all of a sudden where I was going and doing some inner work that I I had boxed up for many years. That's where those deeper questions of why am I actually here and how can I be most fully of service? Mm. And that's where meditation, ironically, in a wild, busy city like New York, that is where meditation came into my life for the first time. So
1: it's really this... I mean, I want to pause and just you know, reflect on what you've shared about your journey so far. And, you know, when we start out in, and I think a lot of us, as you mentioned, survival mode, right, you go in and, um, you know, you have to make money, you have to make those connections. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's this pursuit of more and more and more. And everyone around you wants more and more and more. And I think the thing that you know, you were really in some ways lucky, but also you, you know, a combination of luck and skill and hard work getting you in, over to New York was that you had some sort of perception that this was not the hamster wheel that you wanted to continue on. Um, and you actively chose to get out of it, um, which is something I think it's, you know, not to underestimate how difficult that is because society is. Rewarding that sort of behavior, right? Rewarding the accumulation of these external goods and connections and everything else.
0: Big time. I when I left that role eventually, it was, you know, I had a lot of questions of are you sure? What like what are you going to do? And what do you what is are you gonna sing kumbaya and do yoga for the rest of your life? Like what about cause I built a, a really Powerful foundation in my work in the tech space, and and you know I was so started women in tech because my background is actually in advertising. I started at an ad agency in Miami, and then when I moved to San Francisco, before I was producing hackathons and more in the community development space um, out there, I was working at a few ad tech publishers.
1: I mean, I think where you were probably getting to is it's hard when you have something to lose right? Like you've built, you had built this platform, you had, you had these scholarships, you had this career, you had this path of like, you know, it's up and up and up. And I think, you know, we, we glamorize the hockey stick growth curve, you know, right. and right. Um, And so there's this, I think everyone has this moment where you're like, maybe this growth curve of just going up for the sake of going up is not what's going to make me happy. But this fear of the thing that's going to make you happy is going to also cause you to slow down and fall off the track that everyone's
0: admiring. Totally. So with what I was reflecting on earlier, coming from a background of advertising, that is a constant messaging put out there to young girls and most of the ads they're receiving is makeup fashion celebrity gossip and just the messaging of be prettier or you you're not good as you are you need this item you need to look like this you need to achieve this kind of metric and you know for, for a long time that is what I associated success with so being from that that survival mentality because I had, Now, all of a sudden, I was living in New York, I had my own space, I was making great money, and I was acquiring these little external validation pieces. And that's where I got to ask myself that bigger question, why am I here? How can I more deeply be of service? And being with the fact that I had spent time in San Francisco, being around minds who are creating companies and in this space of innovation and collaboration, there had been an element of me being there asking those questions to myself, how can I be of service given the access and the tools and the knowledge that I've garnered? And so while I was at Dev Bootcamp, I saw that Women in Tech was available as a handle on both Snapchat and Instagram. And at the time, Instagram didn't have video. It didn't have video, forget the stories, that was not a thing. It didn't even have video for the feed. It was all photos at the time. And so I wrote a Medium post of why this needs to exist because there were so many listicles of sorts of top people in tech to follow on Snapchat and Instagram. They were all men. And I knew so many incredible boss ladies who were crushing it around the world. And I would love to see a day in the life and what they've been building and what their day to day looks like. And so I wrote this post called up a few of my girlfriends, did a Facebook post to garner interest on who would want to be a part of this project. This is while I was at Dev Bootcamp. And when I shared that Medium post, it went viral. And we had thousands, thousands of followers within that first week. And then accelerate that forward because of the momentum in that, the chatter that when I would come to Dev Bootcamp and just at the water cooler, housing how was your weekend? My updates were always around women in tech, around oh, I spoke to this woman, she's doing a take on Wednesday. Oh, we're collaborating with so and so. And so when I put in my notice, they were so supportive and completely understood, and were so loving towards that. And so even with that pressure, a lot of when when that started to really pick up in terms of who we were reaching and, and the collaborations we were bringing in. We won the award for best Snapchat account of the year, the Shorty Awards, at the ninth annual Shorty Awards. And the winner before that was DJ Khaled. And he's a lovely character. However, that celebrity and like status and showing his jet skis and his, his designer shoes and, and whatnot. And then Kylie Jenner was in the same category as us. And so the fact that we won that, that was such a testament that people are waking up and we are... We are ready to be aware and conscious of what we are consuming both in our bodies and in our space and online, and so I got pressure through that win and through the press we were getting from my many of my contacts in in San Francisco and New York, saying, "Oh my gosh, you guys should build this product or you should think about doing a conference series, or have you thought about getting into consulting for da da and From that space, I had already gone to... So in 2016, I left my role at Dev Camp to focus on women in tech full-time. And also, I did my yoga teacher training that year in Bali. I'd never been there before. However, I had a lot of girlfriends from California. When they came back from Bali, there was just this glow to their aura and this clarity in their energetic space. And the photos I saw, of course, if I'm going to do my yoga teacher training, I want it to be somewhere lush. So I just went there and it was a beautiful opening because beyond just learning, Hey, this is how you hold this posture and cue uh, uh, a class. You also are bringing in deeper elements of, of what is yoga? What is that union of yourself with, with source into, into your day to day. And so really consistent, deep meditation and also looking at things that I had boxed up or had not properly processed and, Yoga really helps you with that because your body will give you more cues than your mind will. And so anywhere that you have tightness, like that is your body storing stuck energy. And so you want to move that through. And so instead of, you know, it was it was a big step to kind of put the brakes on that because I had this momentum and, you know, also old, old goals that were connected to kind of just a check mark, an ego check mark. Oh, I want to be on the cover of da-da-da. Oh, I wanna make I wanna have a billion dollar at what end? Uh, with what intention? Yeah. And so when I was at Dev Bootcamp and started Women Tech and moved to Bali, there was this element of, I I know I can be of deeper service. And one thing that has opened up, I've been, put a lot of focus on around is my throat chakra, this space of expression, this space of creativity, and being an Indian woman to speak about the kinds of topics that I have shared publicly online of what I've experienced in terms of racism, sexism, sexual trauma, rape, bullying, cyberbullying, and to talk about these things. And and I'm really grateful that I don't have this cloud over my head or worry that a lot of Indian women may around, oh no, what is society going to think of me? What is my family going to think of me? And I have this freedom here. So it's a privilege. And so now my work is around using the the platform that I have, the, the voice box and the expression that I have to help create more positive change in the world. And what's brought incredible positive change in in my life is bringing on a consistent practice where you connect with source and you dissolve the ego and you remember, oh, wow, I'm, I'm a part of something so much greater. And the universe has got me, I'm a part of that same energy. And so to get out of our own ways and just not be so in our heads we don't we don't need to be so anxious or stressed or connected to all these external things, and that's where the name thing was actually really powerful because mm-hmm. it's like, yeah sure Serena's great Shalini's great yes i I do work in tech and I'm a yoga teacher and I'm a model and and this and that and an author these are all just labels at the at, at the core we are love and light, and mm-hmm. so now i've I've really stepped into that the the transition phase was a little because some people were like so do you not is, is women in tech, a, are you, I would get those questions. And now it's like both, both are still very present in my field. Mm. I'm actually guiding a meditation series on women in tech starting next week. We'll be doing it every Monday. And I, and with my work as a mindset coach that came very naturally as well, because I was already coaching in, in New York with Deb Bootcamp, where it was around my mindset coaching, both with getting, are graduates prepped for putting themselves out there and just owning their fullness, who they be, their passions, their truth, not being wrapped up with goodness, this person has been coding since they were 10. Who am I to? And with that, it's like, who are you not to? There's no, there's no rules to, to how you show up in your expression. Yeah. So it's been a beautiful journey and I'm, I'm so grateful. There's more to unfold for sure.
1: Well, there's a, there's also there's, so there's a couple of things and I think some, uh, some tension, um, points that, where like one was that moment people are like, oh my God, there's so many things taking off, you know, this opportunity to do the consulting, do the thing. I think those are the points when it's hardest mm-hmm. to say no. Right. And, and that um, I think a lot of people, you know, have those moments, especially when you're young in your career, right. You're like, people will, if they recognize potential, right? And I think potential is this really dangerous sometimes word, right? Because you hang on to this potential and you have the weight of everyone's expectation on your potential. And then that's when you pack on all this other stuff. I know that I've, that's something that I experience have dealt with. Um, And then the second part of, you know, it it always goes back to identity and voice because voice chakra, that's something, you know, for me learning how to, as an introvert, you know, as a natural introvert, use my voice and not only use it, but believe that it had weight, that it was valid, that the things I had to say um were just as valid as anyone else, that has always been really difficult. And I think that part of it was, you know, to the point of who am I to? But this idea of labels, right? It's like in some ways I think that society has us choose zero sum labels, like you're either this or you're that. And you have to choose. And I often find myself that the times that I'm most stressed is when I'm like, wait, but am I a am I am I an entrepreneur first? Or am I uh, you know, do I host podcasts? Or do I am I a writer? Am I uh, you know, gym like former gymnast, like what am I? Am I, you know, and, and I'm all these things, but it's then there's also this thing in branding of like you can't be too many things
0: you're the full spectrum, my love, and you get to own it all, which is so beautiful. And I I feel you on the element of potential, but potential is some future timeline. Oh, this thing could, there is no future timeline. If anything has been taught to us in 2020, there is just this present moment and show up in fully in the power of the now, that's where the magic lies. So this potential is also, if if you focus so much on that potential that's out there, over there in the future there is some subconscious element that's saying the now is not enough. And energetically that you're not, you're not in your full vibration and, and radiance there because it's like you're, you're hanging on to that, that future element. And yeah, these, these labels, I feel they start early in, in even university days where it's like, oh, this, the, those are the jocks. Those are the nerds. Those are the you know whatever that kind of labeling um, is is done, and that whole niching thing—that's I feel—that's just like a marketing game. I know many people that, and yourself very much included here, where I'm seeing more and more people own their fullness. We get to be all of it. We get to play. We get to play that in that full spectrum. We're not. We're not just confided to us a little box, and it's really beautiful to see. So, And even on social media, which has been really lovely. And I think video has been really helpful in this. I mean, you and I were in completely different continents, oceans apart. And now, thanks to technology and video, we're in the same room right now. And when Instagram went from photos to now videos, you got to, with video, you hear the tone of the voice and you can feel the vibration in that. You can see the expressions on the face and, and you're, you're, you're really brought into that space. And it just gives people the permission, maybe somebody you'd been following who was a gymnast and also enjoys singing, but they never shared that before. And then they shared that. And then all of a sudden this opportunity came up, but it's so freeing to see one another own all of our fullness because it gives one another, we're mirrors for one another. So the more people you see living in their truth, it gives us all the permissions to be in our truth and essentially get into our heart. And when we're we're loving and and honoring of ourselves, you cannot be unloving to others because you see everyone as one.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I always say it's like when you are unapologetically authentically yourself Mm -hmm. that you unconsciously give others permission to do the same and really that focus on and it's so hard right so hard to focus on yourself when everything you know about social media just like the content that is always in our ears and our eyes is essentially asking us to compare ourselves to other people, their success, their, um, their love, their, you know, like all the highlight
0: reel, essentially. People are becoming far more aware though, and seeing that more and more. And so making that decision of, is your feed filled with photoshopped images of women that are not real? Are you, is the feed actually with Real people who are sharing real emotions that, that they are navigating and and real elements of their growth journey, which has been really beautiful. And that's that's why we started Women in Tech. It's like forget this like photo of a corona on a beach and a, a photoshopped bikini body. I want to see my girlfriends around the map who are sharing. Okay, we have a meeting with so and so tomorrow. Here's how we're prepping. Here's our deck. Here's you know here's my new home. And just like bringing, allowing it to be a tool where it gets to expand the vibration of connection that we feel in our in our physical orbit and expand that to different corners of the world. I have many friendships where we haven't met in person, or perhaps maybe we meet online, we connect via social media, then we got, get on a call. And then maybe we don't meet until two years or so and at a conference, or maybe when we happen to just be crossing paths in a city. And when we embrace and hug and sit down and have a tea together, it does not feel like it's the first time that we've met. People are definitely waking up. Yes, the majority, and this is, this is why I got into the, that space. And, and yeah, the most of the advertising dollars are going towards trying to manipulate you and make you feel like you're not enough. So you spend more time on, on these apps and, and leave feeling empty. However, once you become aware of that, you get to make a decision. Where can you bring the power? back to to yourself and unfollow people that and accounts that make you feel distant from your center and, and make the active choice to when you go on your phone, hey, I'm just going to be here for five minutes. I'm just posting and that is it. And also actively following accounts that you do see people who are living in their truth. They're doing lives, they're showing up vulnerably, they're you can feel their vibration, right? This is thanks to video through the sound of their voice and just through their words, through their expressions and, and all of that.
1: What are some of the hard questions that you had to ask yourself when you were you know, making this transition into embodying your full self?
0: Yeah, it was, there were elements of fear, on can, can i do this who am i to do this of of making this switch also because there was doubt being sent in my direction from people where it was like but you have this path and it's going so beautifully why would you and when people do that it's a projection of their own fear and um, if they were in your shoes they would be fearful to do that so all of a sudden for for them to see somebody just boldly say yeah i i get to do this and i get to honor this and and it, it threatens that that belief that they have held on to. And so the the difficult part of this journey has been regardless of any external story or some, some element outside of me that may have come in to sway me a different path, I listened to my center, I listened to my body. And that was the massive shift because, yeah, I was making great money in New York and I was in a great path and I could have blah, 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 but it doesn't matter. That's a future timeline that I'm not playing in because I'm, I decided and made a decision to what feels right in my heart and how can I fill up, you have to fill up your cup so that you can disperse the energy for all the cups that are, that you are supporting, right? And for me, there was just this element of meditation coming deeply into my life and I've been a teacher. We're all teachers and students in, in many respects. And because I've done a lot of work around the throat chakra and, and speaking, and, and I've worked in different countries and communities and being a community builder and working in business development and such, my work is all around how can I help be a bridge to connect communities so that at the end of the day, the message that we understand is we are all one. And when you fill up yourself with love and you feel whole and complete and and connected to the infinite, you're just a more lovely person to the earth, to your neighbors, to your family. And just that is collectively felt. And so I I just felt clear in my body, I can help amplify this. Even if it's just in my community of friends, it's not about like, I'm going to be the top speaker. It's not about that. It is about this is, I have this gift, I have this ability, and let me be in service of in this way because this feels so true. And then I would see the incredible impact of the work that I was doing and am doing. Mm-hmm. Whether it's me guiding a meditation or in a coaching container or guiding a retreat and and because I feel also after all those years and I've I've been taking care of myself since I was 16. And so even moving to America, when I was quite young, I was really nerdy in, in high school. And Miami is a very sexy city. And in in Miami and in America, compared to England, you can drive very early. 15, 16, people have cars. And Miami is also a city built on drug money. And a lot of the socializing there is clubs and bars and all of this. And I I would just observe. I would observe people. And also because I didn't have... I didn't have a close family around me during those teenagers, And when I moved to San Francisco and New York and LA, I have, I'm no stranger to landing somewhere new and building community. And because I lost the element of, um, I guess, family being around, I enter containers of connection with this energetic of, we're soul fam. You're you're a soul brother. You're a soul sister. We're mirrors for one another. So even if I just meet someone for two minutes, the vibration in which I'm speaking with them is with this element of love and acceptance and camaraderie and that kind of vibration. And because that's felt, that's what I receive back. And for sure, I did that because I didn't physically have that. And so when I was younger, I joined a sorority. I was in the stu- I was in the honors colleges. I was a student ambassador. I lived on campus, all of it. I just plugged myself into many communities to feel that warmth and protection and, yeah, that, that kind of energy. And how it served me now is I'm able to meet people and quickly develop that trust and connection. And that's what it's about, allowing one another to feel safe and held and seen fully. Amazing. Amazing. What advice would you have for people who
1: um, who are on that sort of never-ending treadmill? Um, mm. Who, you know, there was some statistic that I saw that you know over over ninety percent of Americans are unsatisfied. Uh, they're dissatisfied with their jobs. They and you know a job is over a third of your life. Um, not excited to wake up. Mm-hmm. Uh, stressed, anxious, burnt out. What mm-hmm. advice do you have for someone that they could do today to make a small change if they're not ready to say, okay, I'm going to you know, follow my dreams and follow my love?
0: So first it's bringing deeper awareness to what is happening. If you're in the rat race and you're chasing, first thing, it's take a pause. What is it that you're chasing? Is it that title? Is it a certain bracket of income that you're bringing in? Is it a certain neighborhood you want to live in? And if so, what is it that getting that goal would bring to you? Would it make you feel validated? Would it make you feel powerful and successful? What is it? And then realizing that these are sensation and feeling states that you already have within you and are not attached to anything external. Nothing external can categorize you or define you because you are love, you are light. And It's so important for us to do practices every day. And of course, it's lovely when you can give yourself an hour or a 90-minute amazing meditation yoga practice in the morning. However, a five-minute, 10-minute intentional practice where you're with your breath, or maybe you're just watching the clouds move, or you're watching an epic sunset, essentially... Meditation is coming into full presence. Doing that every day and reminding yourself, oh, wow, I'm more than these notifications and emails that I'm getting. I'm more than this title and this external thing. I'm vibration. I'm connected to the whole. We are energy. And reminding yourself of that is so powerful. So it doesn't, for those that are in the rat race, I mean, everyone knows the benefits of meditation it's it's been written everywhere all types of people it's not just monks who are going off to the mountains top ceos and investors are are sharing the benefits of meditation you're more focused you're more loving you're more grounded and so the these are all out there for a reason so it's not an element of just not having time you create the time you bring where are you bringing your priority and focus and when you slow down like that, instead of being in your mind so much of like, oh, I have this external goal because when I hit this, that's when I'll really be successful. When you slow down and you connect with the inner energy, your body will speak to you and your intuition finally gets space to, to guide you more. And you just live a more harmonious life and it's beautiful and it's such a gift. So for those that are in it, I, I, that's what I would suggest. Just slow down, connect with why is it that you're chasing that? Break that down. Know that you already have that within you and then bring in a consistent practice and it does not need to be hard at all. I actually guide free full moon and new moon meditations every month. I do it online. I was doing it in person pre-COVID times. The last one I did was at Soho House in Mumbai and it was, it was actually the first one I did with men and women. I was guiding a lot of women's circles when I was in Bali and with women in tech as well. I do certainly love the container of, of feminine energy. However, feminine energy and masculine energy is in all of us. And so even, if, even with my clients as a mindset coach, I, I serve both. And it's, it's been really beautiful. And even I very much welcome even those that have never meditated before. It, it's, it's not like, oh, this person's been meditating for 20 years, so I'm never going to get to that, that state of, of, of peace. It, it's actually just a remembering. Your body knows what it's like. To, to be at home with the oneness. So the languaging that I use a lot as I'm guiding ceremonies or yoga classes or meditation journeys are very much connected to nature, to the wisdom of nature, Where nature just is, and you can see a beautiful sunflower and a rose and a tulip all, all in the same garden thriving. They're not freaking out like this, this flower is doing better than me or who am I to shine my petals today? They just show up because that's what nature does. And you're in your, in your, in your radiance because who, who are you not to be in your radiance, especially when it's coming from a place of love and not ego. Mm. So would you say that you have achieved enoughness
1: and do you feel like enough or, and, and how would you even define it? I really
0: do, sis. I'm so grateful to say that. I'm so grateful to say that. So right now I'm speaking to you in my home in Goa. I have a three-bedroom home in Goa. It's looking out to these beautiful fields of green. I'm attracting beautiful opportunities into my sphere. I'm teaching at the W Hotel here in Goa. I've been doing a meditation series with Soho House. When I launched my coaching practice, it was just the goal that I had set of like, okay, I just launched, let me get five. Clients this month, and I had eight within a few weeks, and I haven't. It's it's just people are messaging me out just from finding me online, or people that I've known for many years. And am I am I like slaying out there and figuring out my strategy of how? No, the first thing I am doing is nourishing myself. I wake up and I honor my morning practice, and I listen to my body. And when there are days where I'm I'm, I cancel my calls, and it's my body is asking me for rest. And I've also been opening up really vulnerably and with, with things that I have navigated and certainly more of that to come on this journey. And so I am really happy and I'm a prime example of when you nourish yourself and really give yourself that inner space, you get to live this beautiful, harmonious life that's in alignment. And then you become a magnet for that, which is a frequency match of what you cultivate every day.
1: I'm so happy for you and it seems like you know this as as I mentioned that's why I reached out to you in the first place cuz you know we've we've been on this journey we've known each other for a few years and I've certainly yeah. seen that transformation just on social and online. Last question for you
0: is what does it mean to you to be a woman? So beautiful. I'm so grateful to be a woman. We have such connection with our intuition and the cycles of nature because all of life comes through the womb. And so that knowing of of life, prana, being in our very system is so powerful. We bleed every month. We have the full moon and new moon every month. So there's just this element of sensitivity that I feel we have as a gift being a woman, and when we lean into that versus being afraid of maybe in tech we're told, oh, she's very emotional, oh, she's showing her whatever, she's too soft, can't handle all these hard out, whatever it may be. When actually we embrace the p- fact that we have these incredible ability to be empathetic, to to be that that sensitivity that that is so inherent in our nature. So to cultivate that even more is so beautiful. I'm so grateful for the gift of sisterhood as well with the, the amount that I've moved. And just this energy of, even if it's, uh, we don't even exchange words, a, a sweet smile I exchange with the woman who's selling fruits at the fruit stand, or I go to an ecstatic dance and I don't speak to a woman, but our energy on the dance floor is very loving and 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 beautiful. I love being a woman. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. And the, the key thing I enjoy about being a, a woman is that honoring of our sensitivity, our connection with our emotions and our intuitive nature.
1: Well, thank you so much. And I'm so grateful for you, for your energy, for your voice, for your work. So thank you for sharing your story and your knowledge with our audience.
0: Thank you so much for having me, Lisa. Such a pleasure.
1: Thank you for listening to the Enoughness Podcast. I created this show to reveal the real stories behind the people we admire, to address this universal question we all have at one point or another. Am I enough? Just remember, you're not on this journey alone, and you do have the power of enoughness. If you want to dive deeper and work directly with me to level up in your career and life to unlock the most powerful version of yourself, head over to lisacarmenwang.com or find me on all social channels at Lisa Carmen Wang. I love meeting and supporting my listeners. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be so grateful if you left a review on Apple Podcasts. I appreciate each and every one of you. Subscribe, share with a friend with hashtag enoughness, and never forget you are enough.